When my oldest daughter was born, I realized what fun the holidays would be. As a young mom, I had just renewed my past to the magic, joy, wonder, and fun that came along with each holiday, and I was excited. Many times, though, special needs can make holidays a little more complicated. For Betty, loud noises, new environments, or unfamiliar circumstances can be difficult to process. Her sensory system can get overloaded, and she will either shut down or kind of emotionally lose it. We've had to make a few changes and adjust our expectations to make certain holidays continue to happen. It turns out I'm not alone. Today, we're talking about Halloween and how our children's special needs have changed the celebration for our families. So stay with us. In January of 2013, our baby girl Betty was born. Later, we discovered a chromosomal deletion that would affect the rest of her life. I created this podcast to share the stories and struggles of special needs children and their families. This is episode 11 of Bringing Up Betty. I'm Sarah Evans. It's Halloween. I couldn't resist. Like I mentioned, today we're talking about Halloween. In this mini episode, we're going to start off with Megan Goats, who is also featured in episode two. She has four sons and her two middle boys are on the autism spectrum. This has had quite the impact on how their family celebrates Halloween. I dread holidays now, which is so sad. I used to look forward to them and get excited about them. But now they're just really hard because of the special needs that we have. So as far as Halloween goes, I'm just like flashing back. Before I had special needs children, my first son, Henry, I remember I was so excited to finally have a preschooler to dress up for Halloween for his Halloween party. And he went to his his preschool Halloween party and they had this little parade around the room. It was just this little informal parade of like two and three-year-olds walking in a circle, basically. And Henry was dressed as a cow, I think. It might have been a giraffe. I can't remember. He was an animal. (laughs) And he was obsessed with Thomas at the time. And he, he was walking along saying, I'm the fastest engine. And then he stopped, like, in the middle of the line. And he said, I'm gathering my coaches. And he just stood there and all these little preschoolers like literally like ran into the back of him and stopped like they were train cars. And and all the other parents were just laughing. Like we're all just dying over Henry, like gathering his coaches. And instead of like just walking around him, (laughs) these little children just like bumped into him and stood there. It was like this fantasy was complete for him. Like, I'm the I'm the fastest engine. I'm the most useful engine, like Thomas. And he had gathered his coaches. And anyway, so I flashed back to that moment thinking about, you know, Halloween is so fun. It's like the holiday for children and families, and it's it's so wonderful. And then and then I had Jack and Charlie. Halloween became like this really complicated holiday where Jack doesn't like to go to school because he has to wear a costume, which he hates. Well, he doesn't have to. He usually takes it off really fast. Um, I tried for years to invent costumes that 
kind of were just like clothes in disguise. And they have to, you know, have parades or a or a dance party. These were all things that were really overwhelming to Jack. And he doesn't understand the concept of trick-or-treating like he would just want to walk into somebody's house instead of, you know, be handed the candy. He'd, he'd rather go into their house and find their vacuum. So we didn't like to take him trick-or-treating. It was just difficult. And then I had Charlie. So like I had that first experience with the preschool parade with Henry that was like so funny and hilarious and idyllic and memorable. And then Charlie, fast forward these years later, had his first preschool Halloween parade. And he was dressed as a dragon, but all he would wear was the head piece, the head part of the dragon. He wouldn't put on any other part of the costume and he refused to join in the parade. It was just another like little informal, like children walking in a circle and he wouldn't do it. And in hindsight, I don't know why it upset me so much. It's not that big of a deal. It's, it's just a little preschool parade. But it was like I was so caught up in this sense of the expectations of a holiday and that this is what you do when you have children and families get excited about Halloween and preschool children participate in their parties with the other preschoolers and we couldn't do any of that and it it was really upsetting to me and I had to kind of take a step back and say why does this matter? Why, why does it matter that Halloween is so difficult? My children are stressed out by it. Why don't we just remove the stress? So I tried to make it just like a really low key day. You know, we still had costumes for Henry and like other children, my youngest, but if they, if my other kids didn't want to wear a costume, I don't care, <laughs> it's fine, I'm by me. They were actually pretty happy when I stopped like trying to get to force them to trick-or-treat. <laughs> we just stayed home and they were really excited about all the access to the fun-sized candy bars because it was Halloween and um, we just tried to make it more low-key and I just tried to change my expectations that a holiday doesn't have to be what other families do. We can just make it into something that's manageable for us because before that I felt like, I don't know, I had this image in my mind of of like a satellite. Like I pictured the holiday, this is kind of weird, but this is how I see it in my head. I pictured the holiday as like the earth and there's the earth and it's spinning around and there's all these people on the earth doing their holiday things. And my little, you know, unique family is this satellite that's like way out in outer space orbiting and we can like see the earth and we, we know we should go try to participate, <laughs> but when we would try to come in, we would burn up in the atmosphere. And that's just like how holidays were for us. And they still are to an extent, especially now that Halloween has like become the new Christmas. Like it's such a big deal, it seems like, and it goes on a lot longer. And I don't know, I'm just kind of grumpy about it. I don't know why. I used to love holidays, but now they're just more fraught with concerns. And I have to try to adjust my expectations and take a step back and say, you know what, we're going to do it differently. It it may not be perfect. Maybe there will be a costume, maybe not. <laughs> oh, well. That same day as Charlie's preschool parade, the one he refused to march in, Megan visited Jack's school, where she made some observations that reaffirmed just how complicated these holidays can be for kids with special needs. So I went to Jack's school where they do 
a dance party instead of a parade because they have old, some older students at his school. And Jack doesn't care for any dance parties. He doesn't like, it's just too much activity and too much noise. And so he prefers to go to the sensory room that they have and hang out. And that's fine by me. You know, he just likes to ignore Halloween and I don't have a problem with that. But I was there at his school and I was waiting for him to come out of his classroom. And one of the other classrooms um, started bringing their students into the gym for the dance party. And this was a classroom with really young children who were medically fragile. So most of them were in wheelchairs and some of them had, you know, really limited mobility, like even like with their head and neck strength and that sort of thing. And they came out and they were all dressed up in their wheelchairs in these little costumes. And it was just like the sweetest thing. And I, I don't know, I just had this thought that why why are holidays so hard? Why does everything have to be so hard when children have disabilities? Everything is just different and they can they can still participate in quote a normal kid activity, but it's not normal. It's different for them. And it was kind of a sweet yet sad experience for me to see those sweet little children like looking so darling in their costumes just in their wheelchairs like some of them are catatonic and and like less responsive and and I wondered like how much do they understand like there's this big holiday happening and we're trying to help you access that it was just a really like day of really complicated emotions for me I felt like holidays were sad instead of happy and to a certain extent they still are unless I lower my expectations or change my expectations to be, um, this is, this is my family. This is how we do holidays. This is how we can access them. And usually it means really scaled back, really low key, not trying to place a lot of burdens or emotions or expectations on something. Depending on the nature of our children's disabilities, our experiences can be affected in all different ways, and sometimes not very much at all. I wanted to get your input on this, so you might remember a few episodes back, I asked you to respond to the question of how your child's special needs have changed Halloween for your family. Thank you so much to those of you who took the time to respond. I've compiled your written responses, and they can be viewed on today's show notes at bringingupbetty.com slash 11. I did have a few people call in and leave a voice message sharing their experiences, which with any upcoming questions, I would encourage you to use the voicemail. It's just so fun to hear your voices. So without further ado, here's what two other moms had to say. My son's name is Brady, and he has Pataki Schaefer, and we live in Tallahassee, Florida. At first, Halloween wasn't much different when he was little. I loved dressing him and his brother both up to match. But as he got older, a couple things became a reality. One, he would only wear his Halloween costume for about 30 seconds. You would think that I would have learned, but no, I spent hours and hours and hours making him a Cheeto costume that he wore for 
30 seconds. The other challenge is people don't expect larger children to not get the fact that they can't walk into people's houses. So making sure that Brady knew not to walk in people's houses and that I was um, right there to grab him in case he did. He still loves Halloween, but he really prefers giving out the candy to going trick-or-treating. This is Beth Ann from California. Um, Holden has arthrogryposis um, and it affects his legs so he uses a wheelchair to get around. Um, so for us, Halloween is all about finding neighborhoods that are super flat and don't have steps up to the doors. So that can be a little tricky sometimes, especially um, the area we're living now. There are quite a lot of hills, so we're still trying to strategize. It kind of involves like scoping out neighborhoods ahead of time and just strategizing the best place to go. And then, um, you know, sometimes that means maybe we don't go with all of our friends or where all of Holden's little friends might be going trick-or-treating um, but hopefully we invite a few of them to come along with us and we say hey this neighborhood is really great so let's just come here instead <laughs> um, otherwise it involves lots of lifting of his wheelchair which is a little hard on our backs but other than that Halloween is tons of fun um, Holden loves it he doesn't have any food restrictions so that's kind of nice and he's actually a strange child in that he really doesn't eat that much candy so I could literally offer him his whole bucket and he'll be like mm, no thanks I just want to be a superhero and say hello to as many people as possible A huge thank you to Megan Goats, Denise Wilson, and Beth Ann Schwamberger for their participation in today's mini-episode. If you'd like to read thoughts from several other parents who have had to tweak Halloween traditions and expectations for their children, visit bringingupbetty.com slash 11. Today's episode was recorded and produced by me, Sarah Evans. If you enjoyed the show, please take a quick minute to make sure you are subscribed in iTunes. Then share it with a friend. The more subscribers we get, the easier it will be for other parents to find us. I have a new question for you and hope you'll weigh in. As we move into November, we're talking all about gratitude. I want you to think about what you are most thankful for as it relates to your family member with special needs. What one thing, what bit of progress or tender moment have you really appreciated from 2015 so far? To record your answer directly from your phone or computer, just visit bringingupbetty.com and then click share your story at the top. Today's podcast was brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Betty. If you're looking for more ways to support the show, visit our website and click support. Thanks again for listening and have a great day and a safe and happy Halloween.